0: So let's pray, and then we'll get right into the word. Um, Father, thank you so much just for just the cool stuff that you call us to, and the way that you you invite us into what you're doing. We don't want to just always invite you into our stuff. We're so thankful when you invite us into what you are doing. And so here you are doing this work in Inner City, Oklahoma City, and you're calling us alongside. You're calling us to be part of that. And here, your word is available to us, and you're calling us to read and understand your word and actually hear from you. So. Just thank you for, for loving us and for including us and for making it possible for us to come together and, and worship you. Thanks for being worthy of our worship and thank you for your word. I mean, these people have read your entire Bible in 90 days and today now we're opening up your word and we, 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 we're doing this because we, we're not have obligation or something. We wanna hear from you. We know that you created us and you know how we tick and you know what's best for us. You want what's best for us. And in your word, you show us what's best for us. And so just, man, open it up for us today and let us see what you see and know what you know and let us live like you call us to live. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so today we're starting a new sermon series. Um, it's called Mislabeled. It's mislabeled. Um, I've noticed that labels matter. Labels matter. Um, It can be very dangerous when things are mislabeled. In fact, the results can be tragic. And so as we're starting this series, I really want us to kind of grab a hold of this idea and I wanna illustrate it with a little demonstration. And um, I'll just say it, um, probably some of you aren't gonna like this demonstration, um, but I think you'll understand it and I think you'll remember it. And therefore, I don't really care if you like it. So how's that? Is that okay? So let's talk about this. Here's what we're trying to understand. It would be dangerous. It could be even tragic if something was mislabeled. So the first thing I have for you here to see is a little carton of Andy's frozen custard. And this came from our friends Rob and Jade French. I don't know if they're in here. There they are. Um, so they're owner operators of this thing. They became members last week. And um, so he, he brought me some chocolate frozen custard. And so it's just, do you guys know frozen custard at all? Do you know this? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something to you that I never thought I would say to anybody in my life. And that is, I think frozen custard is better than ice cream. And, I, I, it's hard, and I, I'll tell you why, because if I'm nothing if not a scientist, right? So here's, here's what I've learned. So ice cream is made up of three key ingredients, milk, cream, sugar. Then you might add vanilla, you might add strawberries, you might add chocolate or something to it, but those are the three key ingredients. And frozen custard has one more key ingredient, egg yolks. And what that does is it makes it denser so when they're mixing it, it doesn't whip in quite as much air. And so this stuff is like, I don't even know how, it's like smoother. I don't even It's so good. <laughs> because it's, it's really like thick, or I don't know how to even describe it. But I'll tell you this, I'd rather be me than you right now. <laughs> it's good. This, I mean, just one more and I'll get right back to the message. So, the, today's message <laughs> is really just to say, <laughs> frozen custard is amazing, right? And when I see that label, right, I get really happy, right? Now this carton has a different label. And I don't know if you can see this one. Uh, Matt's gonna put it on the screen for you. <laughs> So, no GMOs. Says right on the box. Okay, it's all organic. Um, so here's what I want you to see. This is this is our big takeaway today. It's going to be our big takeaway today. It could be very dangerous. It could even be tragic if things were mislabeled, right? If the frozen custard was mislabeled as dog poop, you might miss out on something really, really amazing if the dog poop was mislabeled as frozen custard, you could have like a whole nother set of problems, right? (laughs) Wait a minute, this isn't Rocky Road, right? So, um, where's Graydon? Here you go, Gray. Watch these hands. There it is. I don't wanna have that up here melting all over everything. This won't melt, so it's good. (laughs) I'll set that aside there. Um, So can we agree on this? It, It is dangerous for things to be mislabeled. In fact, the results could even be tragic, and that's just talking about frozen custard. But it is way more dangerous, and it could be way more tragic if we mislabel people, or if we mislabel ourselves. I don't know if you've ever been to like a life group or a business meeting or something, and they give you these name tags, and they say like, hi, I'm, and then with a Sharpie you write your name under there. And i was just thinking, You've probably met people that have been so mislabeled in their life by, the, I don't know, the, their parents or their world or the way they see themselves that it's almost like, like my name tag says, Hi, I'm Larry. And it's almost like they're wearing a name tag that says, Hi, I'm unwanted. Hi, I'm unnecessary. Hi. I'm hopeless, I'm a loser, I'm nobody, I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'm unattractive, I'm an addict, I'm a bad seed, I'm unlovable, I'm useless to the kingdom of God. Those are mislabels. And sometimes the problem isn't just that the label, the label is negative, but sometimes a label, instead of it really describing who you are, um, the label is describing a circumstance that you've been trying to control. Like somebody might say, hi, I'm rich. Check me out, right? I'm rich, but that's, that's not your identity. That's not who you are. That's just your circumstance. Because if you lose all your money, you won't be rich anymore, but you'll still be you, right? Somebody might have a label that says, hey, I'm, I'm successful. I'm successful. Look at me. Look at the stuff I own and the stuff I accomplish and the things I've been able to acquire, I'm successful. But again, that's, that's, that's not your identity, right? That's just a circumstance that you've been trying to control. Some people will say, "I'm here's my tag, hi, I'm a religious person, right? I'm, I'm really super religious, I keep all the rules, I've, I, I've actually had to add an 11th and 12th commandment because I'm just too good for 10. Right, I am, that's how religious I am. I got the big fat Bible, I never miss church, I do everything right, I'm, I'm super religious. Um, or somebody might, Here's. I mean realistically, I'm beautiful, I'm attractive, I'm popular, I'm famous, I'm thin, whatever. We have these like labels and, and it's just important for us to understand that those kinds of, that's not who you are, that's not your identity. Right? That's just a circumstance. That's what's going on right now. And those things are subject to change. Um, some people, I've met some this week, have wrongly mislabeled themselves as being invincible. I'm Superman. I'm bulletproof. Right? Nothing can go wrong for me. Nothing can beat me. How many of you have found out the hard way that that's not who you really are. Yeah, <laughs> me too, me too. So the problem with these kinds of labels is, it's not just that they're negative, it's that that's not your identity. That's not who you are, that's just circumstances that you've been trying to control and that can get ugly quickly. Because if we put our identity, if we hold our value in those mislabels, labels if that's who you are, right? If, if my label says, here's who I am, I'm rich right, that's who I am, then when the money disappears, I disappear, right, if that's all I am, is rich, when the money ceases to exist, so do I. If, if my label says I'm successful, that's what, that's what makes me matter, right, that's what gives me value, that's my value, that's my value, I'm successful, then when I'm unsuccessful, then I have no value right if 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 religious rule keeping is who i am then when i fail to keep a rule then my religion tells me that i'm nothing if if this in, if invincibility is what makes me matter then when i find out that i'm not i'm going to feel like i don't right these are these are miss labels if if who we are. If all we are, if our value is tied up to our our looks or our bodies or our possessions, then when those things fade away, so do we. This is why I'm saying it's dangerous to miss. Label. It can be the results can be tragic. If what makes me, if what makes me valuable is my popularity or my how many followers I have on social media, right? Then when my followers go down so does my value. So these labels are dangerous and these mislabels have tragic results because they're lies, they're lies. Because when they say, you know, I'm just an addict, I'm just unlovable, I'm just unwanted, I'm just a loser, I'm just a nobody, or when they say, you know, my whole identity, my value is that I'm pretty or that I'm thin or that I'm popular or that I'm rich or that I'm successful, Those are mislabels. And these mislabels come from lots of places, right? Like, where did these ideas get in our head that that's who I am? And I think they come from lots of places. Like, maybe you spent your childhood um, being told by your parents that you're, you know, ugly or stupid or not good enough or not as smart as your brother, right? Or maybe you grew up with your looks or your grades or your athletic success uh, defining you, and like identifying you, and so that when you look good and you get good grades and you play well, yay, you're great. And then when you don't, then you're not. So these mislabels, they're dangerous. They have tragic results, and they don't—they don't always come from your parents or from your families. Um, Maybe social media mislabeled you when you posted a picture and nobody liked it. See how hurtful that can be, right? And especially if you think about, if you think what makes you matter, hi, I'm pretty, right, hi, I'm popular, and then you post that picture so that everybody can like it and share it and tell you how pretty and popular you are, and nobody does, if this is what makes me matter, And then nobody responds. It's like, then, I I don't matter. And maybe it's not even your own post. I mean, maybe you've seen, what if you see a post and it says, look, look at these shoes. All the cool people have these shoes. If you don't have those shoes, what's your label? You're not cool, right? Here's Here's these pictures. This is what all the good moms are doing, all these amazing things with their kids. That's what all the good moms are doing. If you're not doing it, what does that make you? You're a bad mom, right? Here's this amazing party. Everybody that's anybody was invited to this party, and you weren't invited to the party. What does that make you? You're nobody. You're 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 nobody. And this made me think about Christmas letters. Remember Christmas? Do people still do Christmas letters? Do you even know what I'm talking about? It's, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. So the Christmas letter idea is instead of just sending the same, you know, it's Jesus in a manger and inside it says joy to the world or whatever, instead of just sending the same card to everybody, I only talk to these people once a year, why don't we just stay in touch? Why don't I just tell them, hey, you know, here's what's going on in our family. What's been going on this year in your family? It sounds like a great idea, but there's always like one family that made it seem like, like they were just bragging, you know, to make their family look good and to make your family look less, right? Like, Merry Christmas, friends, (laughs) right? It all starts off the great, right? Yeah, I just wanted you to know what's going on with us. Little Johnny won the high school spelling bee this year, and he's only six years old, so, right? And he's also MVP of the T-ball league, Mm mm-hmm, that's right. And he lost two teeth, and he didn't even cry. And then, of course, little Susie this year was prom queen, again, also valedictorian, and of course, she did pitch a no-hitter in the state softball championship, and at 17, she has still never had a zit. <laughs> it's been a good, it's, things are good for us, you know? Junior just got accepted, full scholarship to Duke, got a 700 on his SATs, perfect score, 1,600, but he got 100 extra points because he found a mistake in the test, so that's, <laughs> the kids are doing great, and... Hubby was promoted to president of the company this year, won his fourth consecutive father of the year award. Um, In his spare time, he developed a gas engine in our garage that actually repairs the ozone, so that's cool. And then he sold the patent to his best friend Elon for a hundred zillion dollars. And of course, we'll give most of it away because that's the kind of family that we are. And wifey, of course, busy year for her. She just finished her PhD and was voted Miss America. Had time to start a homeless shelter in the fall. And then by Christmas, she was able to cure cancer. So, you know, it's been a fun year for us. Uh, Merry Christmas. Let us know what's going on with you. Um, But we'll be busy for a while because we're going to India to bake Christmas cookies for the leper colony. And you read those things and you just want to, punch those people, (laughs) right? Why does that happen though, what's the reaction? Why does that make me so mad? Why does that offend me so much? And I'll tell you why, because if their label, if that's the label of a great mom, and a great dad, and perfect kids, and a perfect family, then what does my label say? Then what does my label say? But Christmas letters are nothing compared to social media. Because Christmas letters come out once a year and Instagram is 24-7, right? Oh, look at our perfect house. It's all pictures, right? You look at our perfect house. Look at our perfect lunch, right? Look at our perfect family and our perfect life, and here's our dog, and he's best in show, right? And here's a quick selfie I just took with my best friends, Taylor Swift. And Michael Jordan and the president of Ukraine. Oh, and here's the delicious gourmet meal that I prepared for them that day when they were at our awesome, perfect house. Oh, and here I am that afternoon in my new swimsuit after losing 50 pounds, right? After dieting for 15 grueling minutes, you know, I got down to my goal weight of 40 pounds. So, you know, hashtag still feel fat, right? Just, just. I'm I'm posting a quick pic, you know. Here's my coffee mug and my Bible as I'm on my daily five-hour Bible study. And then after this, it's just out for a quick 50-mile run in my perfect neighborhood with my perfect wife. And you just think, I hate that person. (laughs) But why do you hate them? I mean, why why does that well up in me that I want to choke that person? It's because, look, if that's what good looks like, if that's what lovable is, if that's what normal, a normal, successful person looks like, then like, what's my label, right? Then who am I? Hi, I'm boring, right? Hi, I'm unsuccessful, right? Hi, I'm the proud owner of a cruddy little house, right? With cruddy little meals and cruddy little friends and a cruddy little wife and a cruddy little neighborhood. Like, and then these these negative labels, they stick, right? So we see them, we see who they are, and it makes us think about who we are. And these things stick to us, and they crush our confidence, and they steal our joy, and they fill us with, with shame. Because if you've been mislabeled as, you know, whatever, stupid or ugly or unimportant or less than, if you hear it often enough, then pretty soon it's easy to start believing it. And especially when it comes from a voice that you trust, like your parents, or your pastor, or a teacher, or a coach, or your friends on social, or sometimes it's coming from yourself. You know, the voice that you hear the most is your own voice. And if our voices are constantly mislabeling us as bad, or stupid, or no good, or a loser, then pretty soon we start feeling and acting and living like that's who we really are. And like that's all we really are. And then even, even when it feels like we're winning in the label game, right? Oh, I'm rich, I'm successful. Oh, I'm, I'm thin, I, I'm, I'm beautiful, I'm religious, I'm, I'm killing it. Then there's this incredible pressure to keep it up, right? And then we start quantifying like, yeah, how rich? Right? And how successful? How beautiful! How thin! How religious! And we can never stop. We're just in this constant quest to live up to the label, and it's just—I just—I love this. Um, ben Villa came up with this like idea of it being mislabeled. This—I this is perfect. It's—it's almost like our parents and our friends and social media and consequences and life and society are just constantly sticking these labels on us, and they're—they're. They're, they're mislabeling us, and it can get really confusing, and it can get super discouraging. We need to know who we really are, who we really are, not how we've been mislabeled. We need to know who we really are, otherwise, just like with the frozen custard, right? The results can be tragic. So how, how do we do that? You know, how do we, how do we know? I mean, everybody's telling you all these different things about who you are and they've been telling you your whole life. You probably have stickers on top of stickers on top of stickers on top of stickers, right? For your, from your whole, how, how, we, how do we know? Who, who can we ask? Who can we trust? Who, who, who really knows? Who, knows? who knows us best? So as you ponder that, um, let me show you a cute picture of my grandson, Waylon. There's Waylon, pretty cute, right? What? Pretty cute, right? <laughs> Okay, because I'll go to a 12% tithe like that (laughs) pretty cute right (laughs) yeah I thought you'd say so so um, and beside him there is a Lego robot that he built named Roger Roger and so um, that that he built that thing from those stupid bricks you step on in the middle of the night right (laughs) those little tiny he built that thing and it walks and it moves its little arms, and its eyebrows go up and down, and it moves his head like this and everything. And so I was over there, he's kind of showing everybody, and I said, oh, here's a tiny little, what is this little piece that looks like part of a foot or something, he goes, no, 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 that goes exactly right, he knows, right, he knows. Cause he put, that's a, a hundred gazillion bricks, I think is the number. It's a whole bunch of those little bricks, and he knows every single one. Right, He could take that apart now without instructions, I bet, and put it back together. That's how well he knows it. He knows everything about it. He knows how it works. He knows what it needs. He knows what it can do. He knows what it can't do. He knows everything about it. So Waylon is awesome. Okay, back to the message. Uh, Psalm, Psalm 139 one says, Oh, Lord, you've examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know, even when I stand up and when I sit down and you know my thoughts, even when I'm far away and you see me, my travel or when I'm resting at home, you know everything I do. You, You know what I'm gonna say before I even say it. God knows who you really are. God knows what you really can do. God knows what you really can't do. He knows who you are, he knows who you aren't. How does he know you so well? Because he's the one that built you. He's the one that designed you. He's the one that created you. Look at verse 13. It says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. And every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God created us, right? He's, he's the authority. He knows who we really are and who we really aren't and what we really can do and what we really can't do, but how can we know what he knows, right? How how can we know what he knows about our real identity if only he'd written a book? I mean, that would have been awesome, right? If only there were, you know, a book that would, you know, tell us, like, who we really are, then we wouldn't have to wonder, and we wouldn't have to peel off all these stickers and see which one works, and we wouldn't have to be so confused and so hurt by all these mislabels. He did write a book. Um, in fact, Second, Second Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture, this old book, all scripture is inspired by God, right? That word literally, it's God breathed, right? It came from his ruach, it came from his self. It came from who yes. The whole word is God revealing truth about himself and about his world and about us. And he does that through the Bible. So in this series, we're going to like one by one just go through a handful of mislabels that I think Christians sometimes allow to be stuck on their shirts. And we're going to look and talk about how dangerous and how potentially tragic those labels can be. And then we're gonna see what the Bible says about who God says you really are. And you know what I'm praying for? You know these stickers like this? So a lot of times our life groups have these. And um, you know what happens to them? They don't stick, right? And so after a while, they like start drying up. And then they start like unsticking and they start curling up and then when you don't even realize that, they fall off. And so we're constantly finding them all over the church. And so I'm, I'm praying that as we see in the Bible who God says we are and as we see the truth about our identity in Jesus, that some of these old mislabels that some of us have been sticking on for a long time that some of those mislabels will just start to dry out and curl up and fall off. And we'll have to sweep them up every Monday morning. So today, uh, I just wanna start us off with one super quick, super vital truth about who you really, really are. Whatever the world has put on you, right? Whatever social media has put on you, whatever your parents put on you, whatever you put on yourself, who you really, really are, not because I say so, not because your parents say so, not because the world says so, because the Bible says so. Your true label, your real identity is you're a child of God. Yes. John 1.12 says, to everyone who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. How many of you have believed in and accepted Jesus? Awesome. I'll just, you, you are. I don't care what anybody else told you who you are. You're a child of God, and that might be really hard to believe. And maybe that's because you've been mislabeled. You know, maybe you thought you didn't matter. You know, maybe you thought you were unlovable or rejected or unwanted or orphaned or forgotten or abandoned or broke, or alone, or you know, no family, no hope, no future, or somebody that's afraid of God. Maybe that's what your label has been telling. You've been mislabeled. You've been mislabeled because Romans 8.15, from the actual author, the actual inventor, the actual creation of you, says, actually, you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children, and now we call him Abba, Father, because his spirit joins with our spirit (laughs) to affirm that we're God's children. So when you believed and accepted Jesus, God adopted you as his child. Like that's hard to even like wrap your head around, right? God's child, man. And there are some really cool perks to being a child of God in fact, I think if like we'll go fast as we look at some of these perks, I think what you'll like start you're gonna start seeing these things curl up, right? You're gonna start seeing these things just, like dry out and fall off of us. Um, here's just a couple of them. As a child of God, you have access to the Father, as a child that nobody else has. This is an incredible, incredible thing. Hebrews 4:16 says, "Let us come boldly into His presence." Right? We have access to Him. Here's a funny story about that. Um, years ago, I was friends with a guy named Bill Leftwich. Is Bill here? Okay, it was in Albuquerque 40 years ago, so I didn't think so. Um, so anyway, Bill, um, his dad was like the number two executive at the Kmart Corporation back when that was a really, really big deal. So this is a super powerful, super important man. So one day, Bill tells me he's going to call his dad. So he calls his dad. He's got him on the speakerphone or whatever. And of course, you don't, you, know, you don't get his dad. Right, you get the helpers, 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 helper down here, right? And she's like, and he's, hey, can I talk to Mr. Lefwich? And she says, oh, no, you know, he's not available. Can I put you in contact with his assistant? And she can schedule something for you. And he's like, oh, no, tell him it's Billy. And the next voice we hear, hey, Billy, how's it going? It's Dad, right? Nobody else, nobody else on the planet could have gotten through. As a child of God, think about that. We have access to the Father. We can talk to God. He can talk to us. Anytime we want. And we have an amazing family name. That's cool. Some of us don't come from that, right? It's, that's an amazing thing. In Luke 10, 17, there's a really neat story. Jesus sent these 72 disciples out. Okay, go do amazing ministry, right? And they all come back, and they're like reporting in. And they said, man, it's so amazing. Here's what they said. Even the demons obey us when we use your name, right? That is, that is our family name as children of God has all the power in the universe. That's a good perk, Right there for us in the family. And I'll tell you something else. Our family is rich. Rich. Uh, look what, This is what Paul says in Philippians 4.19. The same God that takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Our Father gives the best gifts of any dad you ever have like some people in your family that give great gifts and some people it's like uh, like when you're drawing names at christmas you just hope you don't get that person right that's not our father matthew 7 11 says even you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your kids how much more does your heavenly father love to give good gifts to those who ask him we have there's a lot of perks we have an amazing family home you know jesus said in john fourteen two. That there's this amazing home that he's preparing for us. There's plenty of room for us there. We're all gonna be together there. Um, you're invited to the family reunion, which is awesome. In Revelation 7, it talks about this amazing event where people from every nation and tribe and people and tr- language will all come together and just like, and, and, and in the presence of God, we're all gonna worship Jesus together. You're in, you're already invited to that. So, that also, you also have a really cool big brother. That's an awesome one right there, right? Jesus said in Matthew 12, 50, that anybody that does the will of the Father is my brother and sister. That's a big thing to think about right there, huh? That is a big thing. Jesus is our brother. Jesus is our brother. So his same blood is in us. His same life is in us. His same spirit is in us. Uh, That's why Paul said in Philippians that we can do anything through Christ. There's just so many perks to being a child of God, Um, family resemblance, come on, that's awesome, right, in my family, a lot of us have giant heads and attached earlobes, see that, my earlobe's attached at the bottom, check out my kids when you get a chance, right, and and everybody's gonna be like, (laughs) there she is, in the lobby, everybody's gonna be going like, hang on a sec, let me check that out, right, this is a family resemblance, right, it's just a thing that we, we, that's what we have, but think of this idea that we're gonna have a family resemblance to Jesus, in Romans eight twenty nine, it says God chose us to become like Jesus. Um, you got a job in the family business. That's awesome. That's a perk of being a child of God, right? And the family business happens to be redeeming the world, so that's a good, good gig right there. First um, Corinthians twelve seven says each one of us has been given spiritual gifts so that we can help with that. There's a lot of perks to being a child of God, but the best perk of being a child of God, is the love of the Father. 1 John 3, 1 says, see how very much the Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that's what we are. And you know, this is a metaphor. Obviously, he's trying to put this in terms that we can understand. We can't understand God. He's trying to put this in a, it's like I, I, I got nothing for you to explain to you how much God loves you. Closest thing I can think of is like a dad. loves that kid that's how he sees you I was thinking about when my babies were born man that's man that's that was all I cared about that was all I cared about right every time they burped oh isn't it wonderful oh we made the little poo poo you know whatever (laughs) everything we loved him so it's like that's all I could see that's all I could see that's all I thought about and that's how God sees you Psalm 139 says, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They can't be numbered. I can't even count them. Your thoughts about me outnumber the grains of sand. Think about that, right? God, the, the father of everything, the creator of everything, the the king of the universe thinks of, you're all he can think about. He can't stop thinking about you. He loves you. You're his child. That verse, the Joy was kind of talking about, Zephaniah 317 says, he delights in you. He delights, he likes you. He doesn't just love you, he, he likes you. And, and with his love, it says, he will calm your fears. Think of a dad calming their kid down when they're scared. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Can you imagine God being so happy and so proud and so in love with you that he's dancing? The best perk of being a child of God is the love of the Father. It's it's an amazing thing to be a child of God, and that's who you are. That's your true identity. That's who you are. So before we go, I wanna I want tell you a quick story. This is from a book, a really good book if you get a chance. It's called Union with Christ, written by a guy named Rankin Wilborn, I think. Um, most of us, if we're honest, have grown up at one time or another wondering if we were switched at birth, right? I mean, <laughs> surely these can't be my parents, right? We've all kinda, <laughs> right? So imagine, you know, you're a kid and your parents are horrible, they're mean, and they're, and they're critical and they're just horrible and they've just always been a disappointment to you and, it, and you know that you've always been a disappointment to them. But one day, you're up in the attic and you're looking for old baseball cards or something and you come across this dusty old trunk and it's locked. But you're so curious about what could be in there that you kind of pick the lock and you open the trunk and inside it you find papers that prove that you were right, that you actually had been abducted as a baby, and those horrible people are not your parents. And all the kids are going, oh, please, 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 <laughs> imagine, and, and, and they're not your parents at all, they're, they're criminals. And as you look through the papers, it turns out your real mom was a Nobel Prize winning billionaire scientist, and your dad was a world famous artist and Hall of Fame baseball player, right? And then, as you're sitting there in this dusty old attic next to the Christmas decorations or whatever, you say to yourself, "I knew it, right? I, I am extraordinary. I knew it. This this explains everything, right? And oh, by the way, I'm super rich, and I have this amazing inheritance waiting for me. Can you see how that would change things for you? You would." you would completely reinterpret your life, right? You would rethink everything about how you see your potential and how you see your capabilities and how you see uh, opportunities and resources that are available to you. It would reshape everything you know about your future and your destiny. And you would come down from the attic with new eyes for everything and for everything would change. But here's the thing, the truth that you discovered had already been true. It had always been true. It it was the truth that was underlying your life before you discovered it. It was always true, but it didn't change your life until your eyes were open to it. So God's word has a lot to say about who you really are. And I'm praying that as these mislabels start to dry up and curl up and fall off, that that attic experience will become a reality for you. Let's pray. Father, we are hearing a lot of voices and we're being called a lot of things and a lot of names are being put on us and a lot of mislabels are getting stuck on us by our parents and and teachers and coaches and friends and social media and the culture and society and the world. We're we're just almost bombarded with all these images of who people think we are and we have been so mislabeled and it's not hard for us to see that those mislabels are not just dangerous, they have potentially tragic results, and so God is praying that as we're going through this series, even starting today, that you'll, like, let us have that experience of opening that trunk. Let us let us see, wow, who we really are in you, and, and we know we have a resource. We know we have a way to know the truth. The one that does know is you, and the place that you've told us is in your word, so we have access to the truth about who we are, so will you just, Over these next several weeks, just open that up for us and show us who we are in you. And even today, God remind us of the incredible value and the amazing perks of being a child of God. And whatever else we've been told we were, unloved, unwanted, unnecessary, that we'll just just take those stickers off and slap one on our chest that says, I'm a child of God, I'm loved by you. God, give us rest in that. Give us confidence in that. Give us peace and joy in the knowledge that we're your children. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, real quick, before you go, um, whatever your mislabels, that all changes when we see who we really are. But to really understand and live in and benefit from that true identity we're gonna have to lose some of the old miss labels and we're gonna have to forget who the world says you are and who social media says you are and accept and embrace who God says you are. So to help you remember that, as you leave today, some of our students have a little gift for you. It's Andy's chocolate frozen custard, or is it? (laughs) So they're at the door, taste at your own risk Um, And listen, come to the volunteer event. The sign-up is out there and to the left. That's it. God bless you guys. I love you, and I will see you there.